Hello everyone, I'm Mike from The Self App, and thank you for listening to The Self App Podcast. This is a show where we discuss all things good thoughts, good words, good deeds related, and interview people passionate about being their best self, and who are helping others to be their best self too. Some of the segments include Coaching Clinic, where we talk to psychologists, motivational thinkers, and life coaches. Book Club, where we discuss and share reviews on our favorite books. Startup Spotlight, taking a pre-seed and more often than not non-techie view on starting a business and running a business. Health and Fitness Hustle, where we provide tips, tricks, and training from experts. And Esoteric Edge, a look at hidden or secret philosophy and how it can help you be your best self. If you haven't already, please download the Self app where we deliver you a collection of tools to help you be your best self. And 3% of all our profits are donated to charity. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today. Today, it's my privilege and honor to introduce you to Raja Perry. Early on in Raja's life, he began developing an interest in esoteric issues and philosophies. Eventually, he became interested in life after death, which sparked a journey into Buddhism, which then rabbit-holed him into Hinduism, resulting in the time spent living in an ashram. Fast forward a little bit and a continent away, a sickness with his wife led to a trip from Puerto Rico to Los Angeles and consulting with both institutional medicine as well as alternative healing. That sparked a chance meeting with a Vedic astrologer. Raj's details were provided, a recording was made, and that recording made its way back to him in Puerto Rico, where upon listening to this recording, a moment of calling occurred and he knew he had to learn more about Vedic astrology. Raja pursued his own studies and these led him eventually to get in contact with Dr. David Frawley. Dr. Frawley offered a course in Vedic astrology, which became the capstone to Raja's learning. And once completed, he was then set the task to go out and deliver readings to the people. Today, we're going to learn more about Raja and Vedic astrology, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to present this to you. So Raja, tell us and tell, tell the audience a little bit about more about you, your background, and about what Vedic astrology is as opposed to traditional Western astrology. Namaste. Thank you for having me, Mike. Um, okay, well, um, where do we begin? Uh, I grew up in North America in the United States, um, and I suppose I was always a little bit sort of eccentric kind of a guy, a little bit different than a lot of the other, you know, sort of kids in my neighborhood. Um, but yeah, I eventually started having very interesting experiences like uh, very vivid dreams and whatnot that sort of you know in, intimated to me that there was more to life than you know the everyday sort of you know making money going to school dealing with people and I just started to wonder well what is what is life all about and you know I became fascinated with issues like life after death all these things, as, as you pointed out, eventually led me to seeking out, um, you know, the philosophy of Buddhism and Hinduism, which I've got really involved with. Um, and as you said, I joined an ashram, lived in the ashram for many years. And sometime later, um, I became interested in the Vedic astrology. And once I, you know, got into that, it's just, it was definitely a true calling that I had to pursue. Now, over the years, I have um, continued learning. I have met a few teachers along the way, and um, I'm currently studying with Pandit Sanjay Rock, 
Uh, I consider him my Jyotish guru, Jyotish meaning Vedic astrology. And uh, yeah, so I continue continually uh, upgrading my skills, I suppose you could say. And um, I am doing uh, astrology readings part-time at the moment, but one of my um, goals for this year is to move into it full-time. Fantastic, a wonderful, uh, a, a wonderful aspiration. So tell us a little bit about um, what does, it, does Jyotish have a meaning, um, a deeper meaning, and, and what would you say is the, the key difference between um, a Vedic astrology reading and a Western astrology reading? Okay, well, yes, Jyotish um, is, the word Jyotish comes from the Sanskrit, um, Jyoti, Jyoti meaning light. And Isha means Lord or controller. Okay, so Jyoti, Jyotisha uh, basically means um, like the science of light or light from God. Okay, so Jyotish is basically a system that is used to guide our path, to light our path uh, in this human existence, in this what we call samsara, the cycle of birth and death, and to help us make progress um towards you know our higher consciousness and getting back to our real self so vedic astrology is like a tool for doing that because because vedic astrology is based on the premise of the eternal nature of the soul and reincarnation okay so uh we come into this life it's sort of like a celestial university this world that we live in so we come here to learn lessons right and uh, if we learn our lessons, then we get promoted to the next higher class. If we don't learn our lessons, then we have to keep repeating that class until we get it, right? So this is what uh, human life is, is like. Um, a lot of people don't really believe in things like reincarnation because, you know, why can't we remember our past lives? But there's more than enough evidence to show that uh, we indeed have had many lives and we are learning different lessons as we go through. So Jyotish is just a, or Vedic astrology, is just a tool to help us accelerate the process by overcoming um, certain material attachments, ignorances, learning to move on our higher path, to do uh, the, the right work that we were meant to do that will help us uh, you know, ascend very quickly. So I suppose we could sort of Encapsulated like that. That's a fantastic summary. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm going to share with my audience about 10 years ago, I came across you when um, I was um, sharing some meals at a Hare Krishna temple and, and one of the wonderful um, Hare Krishnas there suggested that as a part of my own development that I contact you and learn all about um, Geotism and, and as he described it, the science of light and what that could mean for me and my um, my karma and um, you know some of the the constraints that my karma had and um, you know tell us a little bit what what is karma in the sense of the science of light and what you, you, you know if if you look at a, a reading what could someone generally expect the reading to point to good and bad or or you know blessings and limitations and, and how do they play out in a, in a in a Vedic astrology reading? Okay, well the, um, the Vedic chart, the Vedic horoscope is basically a snapshot of the 
planetary positions at the time of our birth, the exact time we were born. Okay, so it's like a blueprint. Now, each of the planets, the signs, and the, and the um, stars, and the houses of the zodiac, uh, of the horoscope, I should say, um, they form a type of cosmic language, okay? So once you understand the, you know, the grammar, the verbs, the nouns, the syntax, all of this, then you can actually, you know, create, uh, you can tell a story. So the Vedic horoscope is basically a story about the individual soul or consciousness, what they have created in the past, what they will experience in this life, and perhaps even show the best way forward so that we can accelerate our growth, as I mentioned earlier. Okay, so um, the horoscope basically shows the various manifestations of karma that we have. Now, karma is a Sanskrit word that refers to action. Okay, uh, it just means action. Now, we know uh, from Western physics that for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction okay what goes around comes around as ye sow so shall ye reap okay mm -hmm. so uh, this understanding of creating our own reality is something that has been known and understood by the ancients for thousands of years even in the western uh, culture as ye sow so shall ye reap that's in the bible so uh, the 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 Vedic horoscope basically is just showing what you have sown and how you will reap that in this life. Now, the different planets, uh, the configurations of the planets will show some of our negative karmas. It will show our positive, you know, uplifting karmas, and it will show neutral karmas as well. Okay? So, um, once we can see these things in the Vedic horoscope, it can be profoundly helpful for helping the person to get some insight into their what their higher path is, their journey as a soul, the types of lessons that they need to deal with to accelerate their growth, all of these sorts of things. So, um, yeah, and the horoscope is, it is quite complex in many ways because we're talking about a person's entire life and how it relates to previous lives and possible future lives. So um, the horoscope is, sort of like a bit of an onion. There's many different layers. You can peel those layers back. And I always tell my clients that um, don't think that, you know, this is your first reading, but don't think that this is all there is to know because we, I, I could not possibly explain everything about who you are, what you've done, what you will do, all the little intricacies of the chart. I couldn't do that in one sitting. It's like if you go to a psychologist or, you know, a psychiatrist, um, you don't expect that professional to resolve all of your issues in one sitting. You often have to go back repeated times. And so we gradually peel back the layers of the chart. And it's a wonderful thing because it really does help to get self-knowledge as the person, you know, I work with uh, my clients and, you know, they apply my suggestions and whatnot based on their horoscope. It, it can be very helpful and, you know, profoundly liberating depending on the effort that's put into it. Mm. So let's talk about, you know, the, the elephant in the room, and that's um, we all carry in what it sounds like 
negative karma or um, you know what I'm going to synthesize from what I'm hearing is um, perhaps some errors in past actions that we've made and things that have we, we've not in in creating our own world have not hit the mark um, and you know we're here to try and recreate in a better way a more evolved way a higher way um, and improve and create better and and go along this path how then in Vedic astrology what remedies might you as a Vedic astrologer infer from um, some of those negative comments? What are some of the things that Vedic astrology can do to help the aspirant um, or, or the person who you're getting, who's receiving a reading, um, take away that that will give them tools and, and, and methods to be able to transmute um, some of that past um, you know, negative karma or, or past incorrect action and, and turn it into positive, fruitful action. Mike, thank you so much for answering that, asking that question. That is an excellent question. Um, actually, that's one of the big differences, and we can talk more about this later. One of the big differences between Vedic astrology and more common, commonly known Western astrology is that um, although Western astrology can be very helpful for a person understanding their psychology and this sort of thing, Vedic astrology can do that and it can go a step further and explain to you what you're likely to experience in this life, okay? Not only that, it can go a step further and say, okay, look, you've got uh, some really negative karmas related to the fourth house in your chart because of these negative planets influencing the fourth house. So that means that, you know, you perhaps will struggle with emotional issues in your life. Perhaps you didn't have a good relationship with mother or your childhood, this sort of thing. The fourth house covers all these things. Now, if I know which planets are causing the problem, then we can recommend a remedy. Okay, now this is something that's unique to Vedic astrology. Uh, there are what we call astro remedies, which consist of uh, different things like, for example, chanting of sacred sounds, mantra, use of uh, special mystical diagrams, yantra, uh, giving in charity to the proper uh, recipients, okay? Uh, fasting on certain days because each of the days uh, of the, you know, each of the seven days of the week are ruled by a planet. That's where we get the names of the days of the week from. Sunday, Moon Day. Tuesday is, uh, comes from the, uh, one of the Greek gods. Okay, Wednesday from Woden, also another one of the gods. Uh, Thursday, the day of Thor, right? Freeze Day or Friday, which is another one of the gods. And then Saturn's Day. Saturn was also known as Kronos, which meant the, uh, the Lord of Time. So all of those uh, names come from the actual planet. So if we know the planets that are causing problems in the chart, we can give remedies. I can recommend someone, for example, say to fast on a Saturday if Saturn is causing, you know, restrictions, limitations, sorrow, you know, uh, because Saturn is actually a great teacher. Saturn is a great teacher. And if we pay attention to the lessons that that teacher is trying to teach us, then we make great progress. It's only when we ignore the lessons of the planets that we continue to suffer and, and to rotate in samsara. That's fascinating. And, and it's, 
Um, you know, I want to talk a little bit more for my own curiosity about mantras and yantras. I mean, because charity and fasting in their own, I mean, there's studies, um, many, many studies in, in um, neuropsychology and neurology that talk about the benefits of giving benefits of charity and the health benefits of fasting anyway and the impact on stem cells and stopping yeah. the, the body's natural digestion and, and how, how it can divert energy anyway. And those things are... Uh, proven and wonderful things for a person to do but mantras and yantras might be for you know someone who's a little bit skeptical and someone who's kind of like what is all this about what 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 can a chant or invoking sacred sounds do and what can looking at sacred geometry do and and how do those have impacts on helping someone um free up past perhaps um negative action and move towards positive action what are some of the ways mantras and yantras help okay well let's take mantra okay mantra comes from the san uh, two sanskrit sanskrit words compound word manas meaning mind and priate meaning to deliver or free okay so mantra is basically sacred sounds that are you know depicted in the sanskrit language which uh by the way sanskrit was uh considered to be the best language for computer language because it is so consistent and it has uh, so much depth of meaning. But um, these uh, Sanskrit mantras, if repeated and meditated upon, will actually, um, they can actually reset the subconscious mind, okay? Because it's the subconscious mind uh, that is dictating so many things, our feelings, you know, how we are oriented in the world and whatnot. And beyond um, resetting the subconscious, our subconscious thinking, also these mantras have the power to uh, plant seeds or what we call samskaras into the consciousness that over time of chanting those mantras, they eventually fructify and our consciousness becomes uh, freer, clarified, released from some of the old you know, patterns that perhaps the mind was stuck in. Because we know that the mind, uh, the world is in the mind, okay? If we can uh, transcend the mind and bring our mind under control, then we can actually expand our awareness to perceive reality more uh, as it is, okay? So mantras are very, very powerful. And there's all types of uh, mantras uh, that are in use. Uh, now, as far as yantras are concerned, yantras are geometric uh, symbols, basically. All different types of yantras. And again, this, uh, the yantra has an effect on the subconscious. So by meditating on a particular type of yantra, like, you know, you actually visualize that mantra, uh, not just with your eyes, but you take that internal also. And each of those symbols in the yantra will have a particular impact on the subconscious mind and also uh, help you with your meditation. So the goal is that eventually through the meditation, you become one with the, with the energy, uh, with the subtle energies of that yantra, which will transform one's nature and one's consciousness. So let me, let me synthesize that in, in, in a way that, that someone like me who, who is not trained in what you're doing can understand it. Mm -hmm. um, it, it and this is, this is fascinating. This is really um, a key takeaway for me. 
the average person potentially has a subconscious mind controlling them and that sub that subconscious mind is is effectively just through living ignorantly you might say or or out of attunement with the high purpose of a soul is gathering a garden of weeds overgrown with weeds and and perhaps things that are overgrown and and it's not a not a very clean place inside the mind which really is our lens into reality it's the way we see the world and the way we operate in the world and what mantras and yantras do together is both clean the garden out they de-weed the whole place and then reseed it with beautiful flowers that bloom in a way that that helps us express a much clearer view of the world, a clearer view of ourselves, a clearer view of each other. Is that about right? I think you've said that very well. Yeah, that sums it up pretty well. Fantastic. Well, I mean, that's a pretty powerful thing to offer people is the ability to to clean their garden out. And and I think that's a wonderful takeaway for what Vedic astrology really is. And and I'm super thrilled to learn that. You know, I, I certainly after this call will be booking in some time with you to, to get a bit of a deep weeding going on, Raja. So thank you for that. Look, you, you've shared so much about about this. I, I would love to talk a little bit about more about you and, and you know, what... You may have answered this already in, in what we just spoke about, but what is the problem? Um, and it may, maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's something that inspired you. But what what problem do you see Vedic astrology solves in the world today? What problem do I see Vedic astrology? Could you solves? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, for me, Vedic astrology. Uh, my approach to Vedic astrology wasn't uh, out of a problem per se. It, it was like you say it was the inspiration it was like meeting an old friend that i hadn't seen for years and years it was like when i came across it it jogged something in my memory like oh wow you know i remember this there's something really interesting about this so my feeling is and and i and i think uh, most uh, authorities would agree that we don't come in contact with such things like you know, uh, Vedic astrology, or, or we don't take it seriously at any rate, or we don't come into contact with gurus and teachers unless we have the karma to do so from our previous actions, okay? Perhaps in a past life, I started dabbling in astrology, or I was associating with, you know, spiritual people who did astrology. Who knows? I don't know. But what I do know is that when I came into contact with Vedic astrology in this life, it was like immediate. It was. It just grabbed me, and that's that. That's not by accident. Amazing. So, fast forward. You've done probably hundreds, maybe thousands of readings. I, I, I'm not sure, but you've done many decades of them since your time with, with Dr. Frawley. How did did learning and studying um, Vedic astrology help you to be your best self? Well, that's also a good question. Um, you know, Mike, the uh, the thing with being a good astrologer, it requires that one needs to follow some type of spiritual regimen, okay? Because being able to read another person's karma, that's not a small thing. Um, and in order to do that, with any degree of accuracy, one must have the support of the divine powers, okay? These cosmic powers, these divine powers, um, 
help the astrologer to go in the right in the right direction, to give the right advice to the client, to to to, to get some insight into the uh, client's karma. Okay, so that requires a certain practice of spirituality, and for me, Vedic astrology was. Um, uh, very much an inspiration. I mean, I was already involved in spiritual practice before I came in contact with Vedic astrology. I was living in an ashram, but the Vedic astrology really did encourage me to focus um, and to and I and I knew that that was part of my higher path. Okay, so they really do go together. Now, a lot of astrologers. Uh, particularly we find that a lot of uh, people who practice Western astrology may or may not have any particular spiritual practice but I can guarantee you that the best Western or you know Eastern astrologers will have some type of you know spirituality or some higher practice that they guide their lives by in order to actually to be able to help people it's fascinating so let's talk a little bit about this this work that you're doing, you know, is about helping people be their best self and, and cleaning out their mental gardens. And, you know, in your work, you just mentioned you're, you're guided by um, these divine powers. How, you know, in, in the times you've done, done readings, have your clients come back to you and shared with you the impact you're having i mean do you ever get to see or hear back from clients or do they just disappear off into the ether and never come back and go on their merry way what's how do you work out whether you know what you're doing is having meaning to their lives well you know that's a that's a great question because you know the the i suppose the short answer is mike that um, some people give feedback and lots of people don't give feedback you know and that's just the way it is but uh, what I can say is that um, I do get encouragement because most of my clients are through word of mouth, okay? Mm -hmm. I really don't advertise very much. I mean, I have my website up and whatnot, but I don't, you know, actively advertise myself. So my clients are basically coming to me by word of mouth. And uh, I get a lot of repeat clients. You know, clients come back to me on a yearly basis or six months or whatever. and. Um, so that says to me that they are getting some type of value out of it. Of course, I've had clients that have written testimonials and whatnot, but um, yeah, when I hear my clients, you know, thank me for the reading and explain to me how it's helped them or, you know, what's happened, you know, like the perhaps the astral remedy that I recommended for them turned out to be successful after some time. Those things are encouraging, you know, they... So I, I do feel that um, what little bit I can do to help people, they are finding it of value. Amazing. So uh, I, I would like to capstone what you've just said with, you know, you, you provided a reading for me 10 years ago and um, I've had numerous people that I've um, since referred to you who've equally come away flawed by what you've shared with them and um you know part of the reason i wanted to contact you today is you've been in my mind um for some time as as we've thought about starting this this business and i really wanted to share what you've done with the world and i think it's an amazing amazing gift that you could give yourself in self-understanding and as you said in cleaning out that garden 
Um, one of the things I'd love to find out, um, because it's a question I ask all my guests on the show, is who and what are you thankful for in your life? Okay, well, I have to. I would have to say my my biggest um, feelings of gratitude are the fact that somehow, you know, I met my spiritual teachers and you know got involved in the spiritual path because you know it's said in the Vedic scriptures. Uh, the scriptures of India that there are 8,400,000 different species of life and only 400,000 of those are, are human species some on this earth some on other planets okay so it says that the soul the Atman the self within uh, will migrate through all these various different species of life from the you know amoeba up through the animal kingdom the birds and then you know into you know various uh, levels of human beings and whatnot and it is so very rare for such souls to actually meet a true liberated you know self-realized spiritual teacher that can actually help them you know to break the cycle of repeated birth and death that to me is the most amazing thing because we've lived my you know many thousands of, of lives you know, in so many different forms and fashions. And the soul can just keep going on for, you know, thousands of, you know, of births before they actually get to a point where they actually start to rise and eventually, you know, break this cycle. So that's my greatest uh, gratitude. And uh, I pray uh, every day uh, in thankfulness that this life I'm able to walk that path to some degree. Amazing, wonderful. That's thank you for sharing that, Roger. That's amazing. Um, one final question before we <clears throat> we wrap up today's podcast: What key piece of insight or advice can you offer listeners to help them be their best self? Uh, I would say never settle uh, for who you are. Always strive to be better. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean in a material sense but strive to be a better person. Try to be, you know, strive to be more compassionate to others. Strive to be more considerate of others. You know, strive to come out of oneself and to spend more time helping others. Because it is through this that we actually start to loosen the knot of material existence. Okay, so by you know, giving oneself, giving one's life to the service of others is a very, is not just helping the other people, it's helping oneself as well. So I would say the world needs more of that kind of attitude. If we had more of that type of attitude, we'd be living in a very different world today from, you know, all of the different types of madness and strife that we're seeing in the world currently. It's all because of ego, selfishness, and desire. Absolutely. Well, look, thank you for sharing that piece of insight, Raja. It's truly one that I absolutely agree with. And, and I think if we all took that to heart, the world truly would transform and be a better place. I want to say thank you so much for coming on the self Out podcast today. Uh, if people want to find more about you or book in for reading with you, where can they find you, Raja? Well, uh, I would suggest that they, first of all, go to my website, which is www.rajaperry.com, -E all one word, rajaperry.com. 
um, and they can uh, book in there or they can just read um, you know more about what I do and uh, if they feel so moved they can contact me from there and we'll take it from there amazing well Raja that concludes our podcast today thank you so much for coming on and to our audience thank you for listening and before you go I ask well I ask you for two things one see Raja Perry book in with him he is amazing I ask you to do us a good deed and share this podcast with just one other person please leave us a five-star review wherever you tune into the podcast and for more best self goodness find us on social by searching for the self app From us to you, keep up the good thoughts, good words, good deeds, and continue to level up your best self. Take care, everyone.